0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Chicago Justice Show. I'm your host, Tracy Siska, and I'm also the executive director of the Chicago Justice Project. You can reach out more. You can read more about what we do at Chicagojustice.org, our transparency work and accountability work around the country. We have some published a couple of great reports in the, over the last several weeks. One on the public safety committee, one on John Cotton Zara, who will be our second segment today will be featured in it and we have a few more reports coming out over the next several weeks so make sure to keep checking that site so on today's show our main segment is on gang membership outnumbering cops that trope is coming back and it's fox 32 quoting fox national the cable news network as a source always bad news then we have our recurring segment of fop Watch, return over to police watch and that's cotton zara john Zara, the president That is his um, three-minute soliloquy soliloquy, um, rant at the Public Safety Committee meeting on Tuesday on the vote, just prior to the vote on the Community Commission. Then we talk about uh, CPD officers being burned out. We look at a BEZ story on that. And then we go to a story from Crime and Wrigleyville blog or CWB Chicago talking about backlogs. God, they can't help themselves make really bad and dumb assumptions. And then if there's time after the break, we're going to talk about um, some national stories. So you can get all of that today's show. But first, sponsor this show. If you're interested, CJP, uh, ChicagoJustice.org, sorry, ChicagoJustice.org. You can become a sponsor or drop us a comment in any of the Uh, any of the chats for the platforms or comments on the platforms we are watching this show on right now. Or hit us up at info at chicagojustice.org and we can customize a sponsorship program for you. We'd love to have you. It it would help us greatly expand the um, scope of what we're doing, the streaming that we're doing. Okay, our first segment today is... A story about from fox 32 that cites geraldo rivera somehow i don't understand how people cite him unless it's to mock him is he certainly isn't a source of credible information but they do it and it's interesting because if you go to the link which will be up um on the podcast you can get all the links on our website for the issues we cover today if you go to the link there's a video story and then a print story and the print story and the video story are not the same. They're different. They're related, but not the same. So we're going to show you the video. It's five minutes. I think it's interesting, um, mainly for the fact that they booked the wrong guest. You can tell that they're trying to get the guest who is Dr. Lance Williams, by the way, you never hear the doctor at all in his title, at least I don't remember hearing it when they're talking about him or addressing him on the show, which I find very interesting that they don't call him doctor. I wonder if it's a black male. Lance is on our community advisory board. He was also, um, he's also the assistant director of the Isaac Carruthers Center for Inner City Studies at Northeastern Illinois University. He's out in Woodlawn. That's where the center is. So they want to talk about being uh, cops retiring and crime spiking. And it's that, you know, it's the Fox News way of looking at the world. But they were, but they book a black progressive professor who knows what's actually going on on the street. He came from the street and he's intimately connected to it every day in his work. Not the right guest. So we're going to talk... I'm going to show you the video. We're going to talk about the video. Then I'm going to go back and uh, we're going to take out some pieces of the news story that accompanied the video. Okay, I'll be back in five minutes right after this.
1: An alarming report revealing the number of Chicago police officers that have retired this year has already surpassed all of the retirements in 2018 and that they are on track to be the highest number in the department's history. In fact, one report claims Chicago gang members now outnumber the city's police officers by 10 to one. This comes as the crime situation in Chicago grows out of control and there are calls to defund the police. Joining me is Lance Williams. He's professor at Northeastern Illinois University and the assistant director of Jacob C. Carruthers Center for Inner City Studies. Good morning to you. Thank you for joining me this morning. Let's just start with the retirement Sylvia. figures. They're coming from the police pension board. They were revealed by the Sun Times. Why are so many officers retiring?
2: Well, first thing that I wanted to correct, I'm, I'm no longer the uh, assistant director of the Carruthers Center uh, of City Studies, so I want to
1: just okay, make sure thank we you. don't
2: put that misinformation out, um, but thanks. Um, thanks for having me, Sylvia. And yeah, so I think you know, one of the main reasons uh, that uh, uh, Chicago police officers are retiring and moving on. It's just because of the uh, stress affiliated with the job, you know, uh, there's been a lot of uh, pushback on law enforcement across the United States of America with the uh, social justice movement, a lot of criticism for aggressive policing, uh, police brutality. And I just think that a lot of uh, the officers are kind of at the point where they feel like. Uh, this, is, this is a bit too much. Uh, the job is too risky. The Rewards are not high enough. They're not being appreciated. And so I think a lot of them are, are moving on.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm wondering, though, what kind of impact is this going to have? Or is it already having on the city's crime rate? Is this why we've been seeing it so bad?
2: Uh, I think I think there's 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 uh, some uh, influence of of policing on crime and violence in Chicago, but we we have to be really clear that the the bulk of the crime and violence that we see in Chicago is not a result of of, of, of police efforts or lack of of police efforts. It's really a a systemic, uh, a social uh, construct problem. You know, we have a lot of problems with uh, marginalization in these hotspot communities. Isolation, uh, lack of job opportunities, educational opportunities, housing opportunities—those are the main things that drive violence. And I think uh, uh, law enforcement is, is frustrated because it's 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 uh, asked to police situations that are really social and cultural in context not really criminal. And so even even with a massive police force, you're not going to solve the problem of violence that we have in Chicago.
1: Yeah, and I want to talk to you about that more in a bit, but I want to address what's gone on with the superintendent. He met with the president this week, along with some other uh, police leaders, and he tweeted this, and I want to show you this tweet. He said, we need a sense of urgency right now so we can save lives and serious consequences for those driving gun violence in our cities. Okay, now he's talking about getting federal help, which he is calling a strike force. When the Trump administration wanted to send in the feds, our city leader said, no way. Why do you suppose this is different now?
2: Yeah, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's different and I, and I would disagree with the superintendent. I mean, I, I agree that, 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 that we need a sense of urgency, but again, this, this, this strong arm law enforcement approach to this is, is definitely the wrong headed uh, uh, way to I think think about this again. You know, most of the crime and violence that we see in Chicago, particularly in African American communities, is not driven by gang activity. It's really interpersonal conflict. It's stress. Uh, uh, it's a, it's anxiety that's really playing out amongst a group of, of young men who are so severely isolated from resources in society their frustration and anxiety plays out in violence. And then with easy access to weapons, it just makes the situation much worse.
1: Okay, so let's go back to something you just referenced, which is, does adding more policing stop crime? Historically, has that been shown to have an impact?
2: No, it's, there's there's no evidence that shows that the uh, there's a correlation between the increasing of uh, police officers and the reduction of crime and violence. Uh, I think what you will see is there's a perception of, of communities being occupied, which then, again, it, it, it increases the stress in those communities. Uh, people feel uh, unsafe because the, the, the large presence sometimes when you see of, of uh, law enforcement coming in. I think what we want to do is we want to try to reduce the, 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 to, to the best of our ability, reduce the the anxiety and the frustration and the stress in these communities. That's one of the main ways to get that violence down.
1: Okay, so we're talking community and that's a really important aspect of this. Um, The question is, is that part of the solution? So Lance, I wanna talk to you about that. So stand by, Uh, we'll be right back with more from Lance Williams right after this break. Okay, so
0: on the nameplate forum for Lance. And I'm only using Lance because I know him. It's Dr. Lance Williams. No doctor. No professor. Just his name. Wonder why Fox did that. I think it was a mistake to book him. They were looking for the frantic, lunatic, Oh my god, the world's out of control. It's all about horrible gang members and they outnumber the police and oh my god, the world is ending. And we need harsh more cops. You know, we need more cops, harsher penalties. That's what we need here, ladies and gentlemen. And that's not what they got from Lance and they weren't going to get that from them, Right? Um, I don't know. I just think that was um, so wrong. So Let's turn to the print story that accompanied that video on the Fox website. So much embedded in this horrible story. So it's full of assumptions with no evidence. All right. This is what they do. I quote, it shows that between January and June, some 363 officers called it quits. Well, did they call it quits or did they just retire? How many retired? How many left before they were their 20 years were up? That's the real number. And by the way, how many of those, or even first of all, how many retired? How many was that over than last year? Or the year before? Normally expect somewhere between, I think they have around three something, hundred, let's say three to four hundred a year, two fifty to three fifty, four hundred a year retirements. So in six months, 360 C probably seems high for a normal year. Okay, how much higher is that actually? That would take work. That would be journalism, regurgitating statistics, stenography. That's what most reporters, especially TV reporters do most of the time when they're doing these stories. It's a mixture between laziness, incompetence, and just the fact that the constraints of the thing, you have to produce this story with video and audio and all this stuff within eight hours, it's all going to be done that day. You walk in, by the time you leave, there's got to be a story done. It's a horrible system. I continue. And another 56 were expected to retire this month. Great. How many is that over the normal month? The data is out there. How many more is that? I'm not arguing it's over. It's probably considering we're, we're probably looking somewhere around 30 a month if we're around 350. A year. Okay, that's over. But how much? How much over? Watch this. This is where they're getting their data, ladies and gentlemen. Fox News' Geraldo Rivera, citing Superintendent David Brown and Mayor Lori Lightfoot, wrote the city's roughly 117,000 gang members outnumber the city's 13,000 police officers by roughly 10 to 1. Where is that 117,000 number coming from, ladies and gentlemen? It is totally and completely unverified. Could be 200,000, could be 40, could be 20. It's complete BS number. Remember, there are lawsuits, not sure if they're still in play, but there are lawsuits about the gang database, McDumpkey, ProPublica exposed how horrible it is, Has people 110 years old in there. Those are people counted in the numbers. Has probably a lot of dead people in there. People that are associated with... uh, Or related to... Or friends with people that are in gangs... Probably got sucked into that. How many are really out there? They don't know. They don't know. But this is the problem... When you get Lightfoot and Brown... Spinning the hysterics that they spin. Is it gets picked up by... Unsavory scumbaggy... Lunatic... Um reporter, if that's even what you call Geraldo. Honestly, I think he'd be better off for, it'd be better off for all of society if he just kept looking for Al Capone's uh, vaults. Just give him a shovel, stick him in a basement, tell him somewhere down there's Al Capone's thing, and we'd all be much better off. You certainly don't, as a straight news reporter, if this is what the reporter is, you don't cite Geraldo Rivera. Come on. Are you kidding me? continue. This is Rivera. All you can do with this defund the police nonsense is ignore the fact that they are essentially assigning a third world existence to huge segments of the population, all in the name of anti racism. Geraldo Rivera. Geraldo, what does defund the police have to do with the fact that there have been no jobs in these communities for 50 years, 60 years, closer to 60, probably a little over 60 now, right? What does defund the police have to do with the fact that they've sucked all the money out of the schools? And in Chicago, they've closed 50 schools and they were all in the black and brown communities. Most of the kids, by scientific study, got proven to go to equally bad performing or worse schools. It wasn't to put them in better schools. That was a lie. Another same study from the University of Chicago said it had a that the closing of schools and shifting kids around had a tremendous impact on their educations. That wasn't defund the police, brother. It was your friends at Fox News and the ilk and the people who own all those Fox News and all the businesses and all the corporations who sucked and Rahm Emanuel and Daily now Lightfoot's doing it, just sucking the resources out of these communities. It has nothing to do with defund the police. But he's an idiot. And here we have an idiot reporter in Chicago quoting Geraldo Rivera. Who the hell does that? Who has any credibility in this business and is quoting Geraldo Rivera in any way that isn't just making him look like the fool he is? Outside of that, you don't quote him, ever, if you have any credibility in the news business. But we're on Fox News. I guess local Fox is becoming like the national Fox. No credibility. Okay, let me set you up for the second segment, which should be just as infuriating. This is a soliloquy, soliloquy, can't pronounce that word for some reason today. This is a three-minute rant from Officer officer and Fraternal Order Police President John Contenzara. This is our FOP Watch segment. This is his. um, It's not testimony because that's the wrong way to say it. He signed up to give public comment. He's not testimony. Comment at the Public Safety Committee meeting on Tuesday that was set up to vote on the new community commission, and they did set up and vote on it, and they did pass it. He was the only community speaker. And here, what I would bet, I'm going to bet this is against the law. Okay, what I'm about to tell you. They opened the public comment. Cotton Zara couldn't get connected because it was virtual. They then closed the public comment. Cotton Zara called his friend, another um, alderman who seems kind of alt-right, white supremacist-like. He he was one of the co-sponsors of the Blue Lives uh, ordinance back a few years ago after the Laquan murder, only a white supremacist would do something like that. He called Alderman Spazato, 37th Ward, if I think 37th, 38th, North side, Northwest side, and said he couldn't get connected. So Spizzato told them that he couldn't get connected. And then the chairman asked one of his people, Chairman Telefario, to get him connected. And then he reopened the public comment. So Kanzara can talk. The problem with that, all of that, is he wasn't giving testimony. He was giving public comment. If I was signed up on that sheet and I couldn't get in, they wouldn't have reopened it for me. Who was I going to call? I don't have anyone's. I don't have any aldermen's or uh, phone numbers on that committee. Does the average Chicagoan have phone numbers for aldermen? They can just call and make sure they get connected so they can give their three minutes of comment. No. But this is Talifario and Spizzato and that ilk bending to the FOP for no reason. Kanzara, I mean, um, Spizzato and Talafario should have said, sorry, you're crap out of luck, my friend. We're going to treat you like everyone else in Chicago. We don't care if you can get connected or not. That's what they should have said to him. I would bet reopening the public comment is probably against the law. Now, now I've done that rant. Go to our website, look at, um, our report on John Katanzara, it's Cotanzara, 23 years of police misconduct and a little summary of his social media history. He has 50 complaints. We track maybe around, there's probably more, but about 30% are internal. This guy is a huge hypocrite, but that's we'll get to that in a minute. He has no credibility on the phrase accountability, that word should never become from his mouth. He has 50 complaints against him, 50 is in the top four percent in the CPD currently for most complaints against him ever, right? And here he is calling up the complaint about them putting an accountability in, of course. Of course, someone who has 50 complaints, who survived two times of firing and he's up to being fired a third time now, of course, he's going to complain about accountability. So I want to tell you about, um, so I'm going to play this, let me play that. Um, it's only audio. You're going to see the video from the public safety committee meeting, but it's only audio for him and you can listen to the segment and then we'll talk about his comments.
3: Are you able to hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, John. Go ahead. All right. Well, obviously, I'm speaking out in opposition to this uh, ordinance. Um, I, I'm a firm believer there is way more oversight for the police department than needs to be. Um, I could see Chairman Talia Farrell talking, but I don't see anything. Um, so I don't know if I'm on a delay or what here. But no, we can hear you. Go ahead. Oh, all right. All right. So... Uh, You know, the police have several layers of oversight already. We're looking at COPA, IAD, Inspector General, just to name a few. You have the Cook County State Attorney's Office. You have the State Attorney General's Office. You have the Training and Standards Board Certification Board down in Springfield. That's six layers of oversight right now. There is no need to add a seventh, and there's probably a couple more that I'm missing, but those are the six main ones. Just for comparison's sake... My question is: Why is the oversight always about the police department, and turning over now control to a lot of the squeaky wheels who made this city into anarchy last summer? And now the entertaining the idea that you want to give them the ability to dictate police policy going forward is absolutely absurd and dangerous and reckless. So I don't know where this is going. Um, I'm told there might be enough votes tomorrow to even make this happen one way or the other. But I will ask this simple question. How many layers of oversight are there in the city council? You currently have three or maybe even four aldermen from the last election that are under indictment right now out of 50. I can assure you that's probably 30 times more than the percentage of officers who are facing criminal charges on the police department right now but yet we're not having any discussion about oversight for city council or adding anything more than the inspector general's ability to look at city council. Um, Again, this finger pointing needs to stop. The police are not the problem in this city. You are going to turn over the keys, not only to the criminals, which is what they did down in Springfield, but now you're literally looking them to give them a welcome mat to the city hall and the police department. It needs to stop today. This needs to not only barely get shot down, this needs to be an unanimous no and send a signal. I heard many of you talking about how you respect the police. You appreciate the police. You're glad the police are here. You don't want less police. You want more police. In a city council meeting just two weeks ago, and now here some of you are entertaining the possibility of making the job even harder. I don't know what you think you're going to get for a police force when you keep basically laying the blame for what's wrong in this city at their feet. I can tell you as a representative for 12,000 plus members, they've had enough. They are on their breaking point of saying, I'm just done. You are losing young officers at an incredibly record rate to lateral transfers to suburban departments. I don't even think any of you are aware of that on the Public Safety Committee. Thank you. Um, thank you, Mr. K.
0: Okay. So let's get into some of his contents. And by the way, if you've got questions or comments, drop them in the chat comment section for any of the platforms. I'm happy to include them in the show. Want to make it as interactive as we can. Okay. So let's get to some of the stuff they're spinning there. We have so much oversight. We have the state's attorney. We have the attorney generals office. We have the training and standards board. Not really. They have oversight by the attorney general's office and the state's attorney like we all do if you break the law they'll prosecute you that's really it um the training of standards board once again no as long that really mainly um mainly has to do with the actual training in the academy they certify it and yes you can you lose your certification of your police officer but I mean, that's more of a recent thing because of HB 3653 that just got signed into law, but that's not true. And the reality is COPA, IPRA, the Office of Professional Standards, they're all broken. They don't work. You know, police board, doesn't work. Deputy Inspector, Deputy Public Safety Inspector General, that office does kind of work. But it's not really direct oversight on an individual officer. It's more about big picture, systemic things, which is great, but that doesn't apply to what Katanzaro is talking about. He doesn't care about the truth also. Let's just be honest. The truth and him have no correlation, no relationship, other than he will say he's being truthful, but you can know that that ain't happening. Why is there so much oversight? Like he tries, you also see him flip it. Like, why isn't there more oversight in the city council? my friend. Let's he knows but and he's lying. But I will tell you, it has something to do with the fact that you have the guns, you have the arrest powers, and you have the legal authority to take lives. That might be what it's about. Now, we can also go, you know, back in history a little bit and talk about John Burge torturing people, Marquette 10, Austin seven, um, Joseph Majanowski, the SOS. Scandal, the Area 2 gun team. We can talk about um, Laquan McDonald murder. Anthony Alvarez just recently. I mean, we can, you can keep going back. Somerdale scandal, we can keep going back. Corruption, abuse, brutality. Year after year after year from this department. Are all the officers bad? No. But enough are, and the problem is the good officers are the ones that allow the bad ones to stay. Because they don't do anything to get them off. Does the city council need more oversight? Sure. That's add something to add something to that. I'm fine. Police are not the problem in this city. Mmm, you're part of the problem, my friend. You are part of the problem. You especially as being one of the worst cops on the street when you were there. For sure, you're part of the problem. The bigger problem is you're not the solution. That's the real problem at all of this is you're not the solution. You claim to be, you want to be, and then you whine about giving things that you can't solve. But then when people like the defund police come out and say, well, we want to build systems that will take care of the things you don't want to respond to, so you don't have to respond to anything. No, 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 no. We have to go to all the calls. Make up your mind. Once again, you're a massive, unbelievable, unprecedented hypocrite. At the same point... You can't both want to take things off your plate, but then never let them be taken off your plate. How does that make any sense? It makes sense in a Trumpian mind. And that's what Cotton Zara is. And that's a lot of what the FOP leadership is. Who, by the way, um, B-E-Z and I, Chip Mitchell. I keep forgetting his name. Chip Mitchell did an interesting piece a couple months ago. We looked at it on the show. About the leadership, only one person of color in the last 20 years. Maybe one last person of color ever, but at least since 2000, I think one person of color in the elected leadership. And they treated her like crapola. White old guys, that's what you get. White old men. 20 years. You're not part of the problem. Yes, you are. You don't get that considering you are so highly diverse as a force. There's no way it's always white guys. There's a reason. And back to who's the problem? Right? The the public didn't murder Laquan McDonald. Police did. The public didn't cover up Laquan McDonald. Police did. Your members did. The public didn't give Jason Van Dyke a job while he was suspended, while they stripped him his police powers when they were looking to fire him. You know who did? The FOP, the union. They gave him a job. You won't ever cut anyone loose in the worst, more grotesque, horrific things they do, the more you have their back, especially if they're white. You're oblivious to the negative impact you have on society and the negative impact your rhetoric and your actions have. And the reality is your organization has power and has clout. You should be arguing for the, for the building up of the systems that will take things off your plate and solve the social problems we can't solve. We don't have the tools. The defund police want to build up systems so you don't have to take those calls anymore, but that would reduce the size of your union. It would reduce the money you have to play with. It would reduce the clout you have. So then you can't have it. You're stuck in a loop that is hurting your own membership. And the membership, a lot of them like it because you got elected. They're hurting themselves day in and day out with the way they vote, the way their rhetoric, the way they treat people on the street, and you can't get out of that loop. I I don't know what else there's to say, but John, take a look in the mirror, babe. When it comes to policing, you're the worst of it. 50 complaints, many, many, many internal from other officers and supervisors, besides you got the ones from the communities. You're on your third time trying to be fired. Ladies and gentlemen, think how many of you could withstand 50 complaints? How many of you could stand 15 or 20 from your own coworkers and bosses and keep your job? How many of you could stand 20 or 30 complaints from your clients, the people you're supposed to serve, written ones, and keep your job? Cotton's very existence as the head of the FOP and as an officer, which still with his policing powers, shows you how broken the system is. Okay, we're going to go on to our next story. This is from WBEZ, titled Chicago Police Describe Total Burnout After Cancelled Days Off and 12 Hour Shifts. And I do think there is something to that. I, I, you know, I think Brown is totally out of his league and doesn't know what to do. And honestly, I, I think most police chiefs in many urban areas are right now out of their league trying to stop the violence that has come up from the pandemic. That said, burnout's definitely an issue. You can't keep canceling days off. You can't keep them working 12-hour shifts. Tired officers on the street, exhausted officers on the street, it's not a good thing. So let's look at some of the stuff from this article. And I quote, Already this year, about 400 people have been murdered and more than 2,000 have been shot in Chicago. Murder numbers are on pace with last year's tally, which was among Chicago's highest. Over the past weekend from Friday evening to Sunday, 56 people were shot and 11 killed, according to police. Okay. Not good. But how about a rephrase of that? Murder numbers are on pace with last year's tally, instead of which was among Chicago's highest, which was approaching the total for a recent highest year in 2016. Oh, okay. Doesn't that put a little bit of a different spin on the violence numbers now? If you know Last year's numbers as bad as they were, they were less than sixteen. But somehow now it seems like there's a much greater um hurricane of calls for how bad it is compared to how bad it was in sixteen. Hmm. Right, ladies and gentlemen. Now also understand the pandemic is going on, and there's progressive prosecutor. In office, putting in bond reform. The sheriff doesn't like it. The police chief doesn't like it. The mayor doesn't like it. Is that, is, that, is that why there's all this chorus of problems? Like the violence isn't good. But when you talk about one of the highest numbers ever, well, not really, my friend, because in the early 90s the late 80s, early 90s, there were 980 murders in Chicago or something like that a year. 980. We're still a couple hundred short from there. It is towards it's what is it the middle end of july so it's, it's july 23rd so we're plus six plus months in and about 400 murders so we're going to be under 800 theoretically if they keep going although it's, it's starting to tickle trickle down every month a little tick 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 down a little bit so we probably won't be anywhere near 800 but let's just say we hit eight that's still 180 short of whatever the high in the early 90s was highest in the most recent years? Okay, but 2006 was higher. 2016 was higher. Oh, it's not that it's good. It's about context. That's the problem. I continue. Nearly every officer interviewed, they only interviewed 10. And that's great for a news report. That's a lot, but it isn't science. How did you get, how did you find those 10? If you're snowballing or are the people you know, did you pick them out randomly? Did you get them from one officer to the other to the other? So they just give you their friends and they all have the same mind mindset? We'd like to know that. There's nothing in this article about how they found them. Nearly every officer interviewed by BEZ said morale at the department is worse than they've seen it. When one officer, a 16 year veteran, was asked to rank morale on a scale from one to 10, she said, can I use a negative lump number like negative 500? Because that's my answer. Oh, I mean, one thing that always gets me down and keeps me up this night is the morale of the Chicago Police Department. Now, I don't want to be mean, but once again, the public didn't murder Laquan McDonald. The public isn't murdering black men, black and brown men all over the country, all the time, many unarmed. How about Breonna Taylor? you're paying the price for your actions. That's what you're getting. The only currency a police department has is legitimacy. That's it. Legitimacy. If the public thinks you're legitimate, you get treated well. If, they, if you lose your legitimacy, you're done. When hasn't the Chicago Police Department lost their legitimacy? Let's go back to the 70s. John Burge got fired in the nine, early 93s. What did the FOP do, the police union? They tried to put up, Burge was fired for torturing suspects, put him on death row. Somewhere between 100 and 200. Not on death row, but just tortured and put in prison, right? What did the Fraternal Order of Police do? An organization with absolutely no soul and no credibility whatsoever. They tried to put up uh, a float in the St. Patrick's Day parade to honor John Burge. You have no legitimacy, you lost it. It was not stolen from you, you lost it. Not actually every individual officer. You lost it as a profession and you've lost it as a department and you've done it over and over and over and you keep bringing stuff up. You keep doing it, you keep covering up over and over and over again. All you have is legitimacy, you lost it. Oh, it's not my fault. Listen, good cops, it is your fault. It is your fault because you guys see, you guys, men, women, you see the misconduct and you do nothing time and time and time and time and time again. You know what to do. You cover up. You lost your legitimacy and you're crying. That's what this is about, ladies and gentlemen. These are cops being upset that they're going to, they have The public has negative feelings about them, or they're getting negative feedback from people in communities where they work because they've lost their legitimacy. No one cares. No one respects you. You lost it. It is your fault. When the murder of Laquan McDonald happened, when Jason Van Dyke put his gun back, his empty gun, back in his, no bullets left, back in his holster, he should have immediately been, they should have taken his belt, put the cuffs on him, and put him in the car. Because he murdered Laquan McDonald. And every officer on that scene knew it. What did they do? They lied. They covered up. They filed false police reports. They probably did something to the damn Burger King camera. That's what they did. You don't think that affects how the public views you? You're insane. You're insane. What is happening on the street now that these cops don't like is that the public now has video cameras in their pocket. There isn't more abuse now. It isn't worse now. What is happening now, ladies and gentlemen, is these people the, the people that are being victimized have cameras. You think when um, George Floyd, I can't remember the cop's name, Derek Chauvin, Put his knee on George Floyd in front of everyone, in front of all those people crying to get his knee off his neck. And he did that, and he did it with absolutely no concern. That wasn't the first time now. We know it isn't. But he had no concern. You know why? Because he had gone up and been raised in an apartment where people didn't have the camera, so he didn't have to give a shit. Because he knew the officers on the scene would cover up for him. And that's what they did even now. Even now. You're complaining about losing your legitimacy? I don't care. It's your fault. You're going to have to earn it back. You're not doing it by complaining. You're not doing it by whining. I don't care. I just don't. I can find no sympathy for you. Even for the good cops. The good cops are the biggest problem. Because if the good cops did their job and turned on the bad cops, they'd be gone and the good cops would have reign over the department. They vastly outnumber them. Vastly outnumber them. They don't do it because it's a cultural thing. They can't do it. We got to stick together. I don't understand the cult. I've never gotten it. I worked at UPS. I worked in the jewelry business. I worked teaching University of Illinois Chicago and University of St. Francis. If someone was doing a bad job, if another jeweler ripped you off or something happened to UPS, someone else did it. I don't care. Let them go. That isn't me. I don't I don't understand the cult thinking. Okay. To use a phrase that I saw on Facebook um, and I can't remember whose name, it's copaganda. That's what this kind of is. It's kind of copaganda, propaganda from the cops. It's copaganda. I like that phrase. I'm going to steal it. Carl um, Nyberg, I got that off of Facebook. It's it's copaganda to some degree. They are burnt out, so let's not say that. They are because Brown is over his head and he's doing the wrong tactics, so there's no doubt about that. But that's not everything that's going on in this article. So let's look. There's something we have to pay attention to around what it feels like for us to be Grouping the police so broadly, this is a psychologist that's doing business with the CPD and has been trained mental health. Uh, I think it's a national health, national, I have to look at her. um, Oh, I can't remember the name of the organization. I don't want to missay it. But this is someone who's working. I think it's a national mental health association or something like that. And working on CPD and officer, um, officer wellness. Here's that they're quoting her. There's something that we have to pay attention to around what it feels like for us to be grouping the police so broadly and what it feels like for officers who are doing this good work. There's so many people monitoring them and I'm not saying that they are that they there shouldn't be accountability at all. I'm saying let's think about what it feels like and I think that that conversation is missing a lot from the police reform conversation. What it feels like. Yeah, you know, hell, no. how about this answer? Hell no they kill people on the street they're the only ones with the authority they have to be monitored if they want to be treated differently than the bad cops then they got to stand up to the bad cops don't group them all together why no one on that street when jason van dyke killed laquan mcdonald no one stood up What are we supposed to say? Oh, we're so sorry that he killed someone in front of you. Don't worry. We want to make sure you feel okay. So we're just going to let Jason Van Dyke get back on the street. He can kill as many people as he wants. They committed a crime. Their job is to stop people from committing a crime. They saw Jason Van Dyke commit a murder. They did nothing on video. The public don't like that. Of course you're in a democracy. They're not going to like it. And you have to deal with those repercussions. Tell them To start turning in and turning on the bad cops. Then the public will have more feelings for them. Sorry. Because the reality is they're more afraid of breaking rank in the culture of cover-up within the department. And this is every department in the U.S. This isn't just CPD. They're more worried about that than they are about the public not liking them. And that's a problem. You can't ask a public that is saying, here, please police our communities. We'll give you the ability to do it, but please do it in a safe and healthy and manner so you're not shooting people that shouldn't be murdered. And then they murder people and you're saying, oh, well, you know, we don't want you to feel bad about it. Frustrating, I'm gonna to go to our comments for a question. They keep saying there are good cops. How do I know if I'm looking at a good cop? Aren't we safest if we treat them all with caution? Yeah. And that's a sad thing. You no, know, Hillary, I, I, I can't disagree. And that's a really sad thing. Here's the, and I, and I stick to this statement. The vast majority of cops try to do a good job, do as good a job as they can, they're, especially in Chicago, they're horrifically poorly trained, they're poorly equipped, um, and on and on and on. Now, but they're still the problem, because they don't turn in the bad cops. They don't turn in the bad cops. That's the root of the problem. If they want to be treated differently, they got to start turning in the bad cops. But they won't. It's 2021. They never, never, never have. They did a little bit in the Shalvin case. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen, that was on video. They knew Shalvin was gone. He knew he was a goner. So that's why when they got called to testify, they weren't going to lie for him. They knew he was a goner. If there was no videotape, they would have lied and lied and lied. Minneapolis Police Department lied that night. They released some kind of bullshit statement about how he died, about how George Floyd died. That did not reflect anything of what happened on the street because that's what they do. They all get together and they all lie. That's what they do, good and bad. They don't want, I don't think the good want to, but the culture forces them to. And until that changes, ladies and gentlemen, your legitimacy, it's gone. You don't like it? I don't care. I don't care. You lost it. You were given it. You had it. Your actions lost it. And you're in an age now where every, and this is happening all over the country all the time. That's why these videos pop up on social media all the time. There are so many black men and brown men killed, and now women, with Breonna Taylor and others, killed by the police all over the country, many for no reason or are some reason but really like the Anthony Alvarez that, that should have never resulted in a shooting that should have never been a foot chase. I can't keep it all. I can't keep all their names. I could remember the ones in Chicago. Now I've got them blaring on my social media all the time. Not that, it's not like that didn't happen. It used to happen two years ago. There's just no video. Poor babies. I'm going to finish this out. It's almost like they've been trained by the media and by the general public and even elected officials to a large part because police are portrayed so negatively, the officer said. Wrong. And we're working on the science to disprove that. That is a conspiracy theory that runs rampant in the police department. That they're just portrayed every day in the media so negatively. There is no science to back that up. I'm working on the science to prove that is wrong science and data because guess what ladies and gentlemen that is completely wrong do the big big events get massive coverage yes but they are covered day to day very well they just don't see it because it's just um it's just part of the fabric now we don't even understand it You would be amazed at how many times the media in Chicago every day quotes the police as a credible source on crime and violence, dozens and dozens of times. And that's positive coverage. The police don't see it, but it is. So, um, last quote, now. I'll get the Hillary's on the chat's got another question or comment I want to read, but let me get to the last one. They don't want you to chase somebody on foot and they want you and they want to punish you if for some reason they think you did something wrong. An officer with 28 years on the job. Hey, buddy, it's on video a lot of the times. They don't have to think you did something wrong. You did something wrong. It happens a lot. It's possible. Listen, I have said, and I agree with Alderman Spisato a little bit on this, believe it or not, the, the Adam Toledo shooting was horrific, but it probably wasn't a bad shooting given all the circumstances. And don't slow down the video to one one millionth of a second that don't work on the scene when you're a cop and that someone has a gun. Don't work. I wish it didn't happen, but it's not a bad shooting. The Anthony Alvarez shooting, very bad. Laquan McDonald, flat-out murder. Okay? Um... And they don't have to see this as they think. We're working on a study. It'll probably be out in the next four to six weeks. We're going to take, we're taking a look at the police accountability from 1980 through 2020 in the city of Chicago. We're getting the numbers. We're going to show you where there is or isn't data and just how this mantra, this thinking in the cult of the blue cult of policing, especially in Chicago, is that we can be fired for anything. Bullshit. That is completely wrong. Completely wrong. All right. Um, Before I end this segment, let's get to Hillary real quick. Even their mistakes are traumatic for people, remembering Anjanette Young. Of course there are. Of course. Yes, you're 100% correct. 100% correct. Now, see, if the police had actually actually done their homework and did the job like they're supposed to and follow their regulations, Anjanette Young would have never happened. But yes, you're right. Their mistakes, even when they're the best intention, the police were doing exactly what we want. And what we all think should be done at that moment of time, given the circumstances, if they make a mistake, their very impa- their mistakes are incredibly impactful. They're not. That doesn't fit the mindset. It doesn't break through to the, the 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 indoctrination that goes on in the academy. And certainly not when they get into the street. You can only trust your partner and cover up for everyone and cover everyone's back. That's the way it goes. And that that doesn't break through their thinking. Okay. I am going to skip the break and we're going to go on to our last segment of the day, (sighs) maybe we're going to have to start a crime in Wrigley, uh, CWB watch too. All right. It's an article from crime in Wrigleyville or CWB Chicago, as CPD's most violent district lose hundreds of officers. A tweeted photo offers a peek behind the curtain. (gasps) Oh my God for people who don't know what's going on or don't care this seems big but it's not well it might be but we just don't know so here's the here's the thing ladies and gentlemen CWB Alt Right Chicago City Wire uh, Chicago Contrarian Alt Right Publications Alt Right Alt Right they're not even media, they're just literally uh, political right extremists writing on things to try to make it look like it's a media outlet. Okay. CWB Chicago, it is totally pushing an agenda, more police, pro-police. I think they're prosecutors who actually own the website or manage it or run it. But anyways, um, it's anonymous, theoretically. There were short cops. And I brought this up with Paul Vallis recently in an interview. Short from what? How many cops should Chicago have? Oh, they have absolutely no idea. The number, I've talked about it before. Total bullshit, 13,750, 13,757, 775, something like that. Total political number. No one knows where it comes from. Probably Phil Klein, ex-superintendent, then-superintendent in the early 2000s, negotiating with Alderman. It's a total BS number. It's not based on any science whatsoever. So... You go from how many cops should the city have, I mean, the the CPD have to how many cops the district should have. Okay, they don't have any clue. There is some number that they were given, assigned, and that number is, it's in like platinum. That's the number they must have. Well, why? Oh, we don't know. We don't know. Why would we have to know? They give us a number, they have to have those officers. They don't have a clue why they know. They don't have a clue. And to be honest with you, CB, CWB doesn't care. It's a number they can pound the system with because they hate it. They're alt-righters. They're just going to pound away. It's an ideologically driven, fact, fact-challenged, because you don't need facts when you're doing ideology. Here's a quote, when Brown took over as CPD's leader last April, the Wentworth district, one of those with calls pending in the picture above, they had a a picture of calls pending from the Office of Emergency Management and Communications, so the picture above, was patrolled by 386 cops. As of this month, the district has 274. That's according to Chicago's Office of Inspector General. However, ladies and gentlemen, what CWB doesn't know because they don't listen and they didn't watch... Deborah Whitsburg be interviewed or give um, on our show or give testimony to city council because they don't care is that number is. Mysterious. Mysterious, because that 386 as of last April, so April 2020, that wasn't what was reporting to duty every day in the district or every week, however you want to say no, 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 I'm not going to go into why I'm not going to give them the tip about what they're getting wrong, but that ain't the number. Ladies and gentlemen, that isn't the number. They move cops around too much. That's BS. And if you watch Deborah Whitsburg's testimony to the city council, they talk about how the number they have up on their website, the W Public Safety Inspector General's website is not really the number. We have the number. We have it, we're working with it, doing research. We've got it. That is not a right number. As of this month, the district had 274. That's according to the Office Inspector General. Great. Those are good numbers. All right. So they did one one hundredth of the job. They got the numbers. Well, what does that mean? Is that good or bad? Well, see, these scumbags, the assumption is it has to be bad. They don't know. What is that based on? What is that based on? They don't have a clue. They know that number somehow magically got generated for the district 386. So they must have 386. Anything other than that means they're short. They have to have that. Well, why? Oh, I don't know. I don't have to know. These are probably white males. I mean, they're very Trumpian. I don't have to know. I got a number. It's all that matters. I'm a number. It's like they're a a damn newbie in, what is it? City news? It was so many years ago. The wire service. It's like they're a newbie reporter right out of college. Oh, I don't need to know. I got the number. They don't know. The correlation is causation. They're assuming less means less cops and it means more crime. No, man, you have no science to prove that. It's not what it is. It's not how many It's what you do with them, my brother. They don't care. This is when you have an alt right outlet. They don't care. Facts are meaningless. Science is meaningless. They probably, I mean, they probably served in Trump's cabinet. Here's the last one for the day. Um, Real quick to Hillary's comment. Shouldn't the clearance rate be a factor? Maybe we need better cops instead of more cops. Yeah, honestly, I'm going to, well, if you just go by the numbers, we should fire all the Chicago cops and bring all the New York cops over to Chicago. Because they've had homicides drop like 80%. In Chicago, it's only like, at some points, it's like 50%, 60% at the best. So maybe we should just bring them in. Yeah, clearance rates are a bogus number. I'm working on some research now. that bring to the show in the next couple weeks to show that. Um, So that isn't really right either. The reality is we need less cops and more investment in these communities, and we'll see crime drop. Um, Well, here, let's get to the last quote. It may seem counterproductive for police leaders to remove cops in the city's most dangerous neighborhoods to work on a citywide team's. Of course, a simple solution would be to put citywide cops back in districts they came from. So, of course, that's the last thing they're going to do. Well, is it what needs to be done? What are you basing that on? Oh, no, I don't have to know. I just know, man. I mean, we're going to start getting this is the most bestest, most fantastic, no one's ever seen it article. That's where we're going to get it from them, a little Trump. They don't have a solution to crime. The short number is a mantra that's being pushed by the FOP um, and their supporters like Paul Vallis, who doesn't know what the hell he's talking about on the subject. They have no clue how many cops we need. No clue. It's not that difficult, ladies and gentlemen. We have the data to do it. We're going to hopefully be doing it soon. It's not a difficult thing. Supposedly, the city of Chicago is working with the Chicago Crime Lab, according to Deborah Witzburg, to come up with some fancy schmancy calculation to determine how many cops they need. Even the CPD in our lawsuit w- accidentally sent us some of their calculations about how they put how many cops where they are. Very simple, very, very, very simple done. And it's very, um, not really all that scientific. It really is. The reality is, is that how many cops district needs, um, It's not numbers that the FOP wants. I was on, yeah, we got one minute. left. I was on a um, panel with the FOP seven, eight, nine years ago. Um, And I I was talking about how there needs to be a, neither the FOP or the CPD want a staffing analysis because the CPD is worried they'll show they need more cops. The FOP is worried they'll need less cops. So they're just going to stick to that bullshit 13,000 number, right? That 13,750 or 7075, whatever it is. They're just going to stick to that number. And the FOP literally said why it's not enough it's not our responsibility to know how many cops are needed on the street that's what they said mind-blowingly stupid that they don't care they've got that number they're not going to risk a smaller number god forbid the science say we need less cops that means less members and less money and less power they don't want any of that that's all bad for them okay ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in I really appreciate it thanks for the comments I really appreciate it we can interact every Monday Wednesday Friday at five thirty. um you can drop comments in the chat uh the chat um we have a day of action coming up I'll have more for that on for you on Monday August 12th I believe I gotta really get that number in my head um but I'll be talking more about that on Monday. You can get involved at cjpnation.org. There's contact information for group leaders. There's contact information for Sydney. Go there um, and sign up or check our Twitter feed uh, or yeah, Twitter um, and Instagram. That information's been out. Um, we'd love to have you get involved. All right. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. I will see you on Monday at 530.